0: Hey guys, it's Eileen from All the Things Podcast. We are two highly sensitive movement teachers living in Chicago trying to make sense of all the things. Join us as we navigate and translate the intersection between cross generational issues, cultural issues, movement therapies, mental health issues, food, fashion, and skincare. Basically, it's all the things and hardly any answers enjoy and share with someone who you think might enjoy our general nonsensical ramblings all right guys back to the show
1: the clorox box. <laughs> all right so we are balancing our recording device on a clorox disinfectant <laughs> wipe bottle and it's hilarious super size bottle (laughs) super size super size container um we are in the office of hillary Schoninger. hillary is a therapist and we are so excited oh social worker oh you introduce yourself you do it (laughs) this is how it works you go
2: hello everybody i i am hillary hillary schoeninger and i'm a licensed clinical social worker here in the Merchandise Mart and I am in private practice and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yes, thank you for joining us on All the Things for a special edition of All the Feels where we deep dive into a mental health issue. Yes, All the Feels. All the, all
2: feels. the feels. We're all feeling it. Julia's lately, too. here too.
1: Juliet, what's I am up? here. What's You're up? here. <laughs> She's being in Pisces in the corner while Hillary and I are all fire together. Hillary is an Aries. And so I feel very, like, akin to that energy right now. Two little fires. Two little balls of fire in there, Julia. Yeah. It's just like I'm. I'm Ricosia. just a wet blanket. <laughs> I'm just water. Well,
2: you can bring out the fire hose if we get I too know. flamey.
1: Yeah, she'll be our she'll be our regulator. <laughs> too flamey. Too flamey. That might be a weird. thing. Aye, aye. I like it. Um, so today we thought uh, it'd be interesting to talk about. Something that Hillary brought to our attention called individuation, and she wrote an awesome blog post on this, which you can find at her website, Water for Your Garden. Yes. Um, on Instagram, it's
2: Water for Your Garden, and then my actual website is www.h2o number four yourgarden.com.
1: No way! I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. Look, I'm switching it over soon. Got okay. the domain, but just have to switch it over soon. Cool. Just well, we'll have available. everything linked yeah. <laughs> to her blog post and to her Instagram as yes. well, so you guys can find her. Um, yeah. So individuation. It's
2: a it's a complex
1: topic. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm currently in the process of individuating.
2: We all are. Yeah. And it's a it's a lifelong task for all of us to do because we're always entering new arrangements, new agreements, new situations, new environments that question whether or not we are meant to be there and whether any of those people, places, or things serve us. So when we talk about individuation, we can see it as a choice, a choice to not be involved in something that is not, is not serving us, That can be hurtful, that can be harmful to our physical health, our mental health, pretty much everything. So, some people can consider individuation separation, um, but I see it more, I identify it more as individuation because you are separating yourself, but you're doing it from a very conscious um, rationale because. Individuation helps preserve your mental and physical health.
1: Yeah. So, whether
2: I, again that's a work situation, a friend, a family member, your family in general, mm-hmm. um, okay. I don't know, just anything that doesn't serve you that you've been a part of, that you feel somewhat obligated to be a part of, individuation is the process of extraditing yourself from that and choosing something that is better for you yeah do you think um like
3: how do you recognize that that is what you need to do like if you're in that kind of situation be it work friend family member what are some signals of like maybe I should be looking into individuating Mm mm-hmm do you think there's anything...
2: Well, I think it begins with our awareness. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get so, like, scientific, but we are mammals. We we know oh, what works for us and what doesn't. And we have that ability to tune in and listen to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it starts. And, you know, it's not a one situation it's a process and if you're around something or somebody who's continually making you feel drained depleted self-defeated that's when you have the opportunity to take a self inventory and to choose whether or not you
1: need to individuate from that whatever it be Okay, that makes sense yeah I feel like it's definitely a um a form of self-care or the greatest form of self-care it is literally caring for yourself enough to pull away from things that are no longer feeling good and i think that mammal instinct that you're talking about like very related to like fight or flight like Mm -hmm. i mean Juliet and i are movement we see it from the movement perspective um you know I, I think like okay so as like you know like I mean going deep into all of that but unraveling all of our feelings can be a hard process yeah. and I think like in my particular situation when I decided to individuate in this particular circumstance that I'm not going to go into great detail about but dealing with like you know family that is dysfunctional can be very hard and choosing to individuate was like a process that I started with no support like from a from a therapist and now have moved into more of a supportive environment and it's like you know reaching out to a mental health healthcare care provider can be I think essential part to the process
2: yeah because what you're you're doing is you're giving voice to that awareness that look this isn't working this this relationship does not make me feel good Mm -hmm. and then by going to therapy you have the form to talk about why it doesn't feel good you know how maybe it once did feel good for you but Mm -hmm. how it no longer feels good for you Mm -hmm. because that's that happens to us a lot in our relationships what once was really working for us sometimes doesn't yeah. sustain forever
1: it's part it, of the growth process. it's part of our growth
2: mm-hmm. and you know that's so- sometimes when we're growing sometimes that requires us to approach ourselves and the people around us in different ways mm-hmm. so the fact that you gave yourself that opportunity to to you know investigate how you wanted to individuate from something that was no longer yeah. serving of you that's that's really powerful yeah
3: I think it's also it's a real sl- subtle process like it happens so gradually to the point that you don't even realize it's happening I think a lot of times mm-hmm. until you're in that place where it feels like all of a sudden this just feels yeah. really wrong and mm-hmm. toxic or whatever words you want to yeah. use for it and then you're like whether or not no you can no longer uh, yeah, even be a part of this and then like, whether yeah, or not you yeah. have the tools and or support or mm-hmm. the person or blog post or whatever it is for you that can give you at least the the form of light because I think it can be like you just sort of feel like wait this was working and then slowly but surely little pieces of you started getting chipped away at until Mm -hmm. like you literally feel like wait yesterday I was this person today I'm like totally this person and now
2: I don't even recognize myself. Yeah. And you're still surrounded by I, people
1: yeah. who might have been an older version of you. And that that person worked right. for you. Uh, people who cling to old versions of you. I can't... Like, I, it's so... Mm. Well, and it's not about it's you not about anymore.
3: You. It's, it's about it's they, their, the perception yeah. they have of who you were. And, and it was yeah. comfortable for them. So yeah. usually that's a two... Like, yeah. when you say, like, in if you're taking the reins and individuating or mm-hmm. separating or you're, you're creating this new self for your, yourself and then that can be very threatening to that other person situation or right. relationship. And they're either going to say go
2: mm-hmm. or
3: they're going to say, yeah. hold on yeah. with, you know, and, and really fight yeah. for that part of who you were.
2: Because often that's their, their codependent need. Right. hundred percent. Towards, needing to feel like they're in control and that you know i i have to be a part of their lives even though i on some level i know i might not be helpful to them or i may be hurting to them they have a codependent void that you know makes it so that they you know cling on to people
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and so when you have that very clingy energy go you know Dynamic, it's it makes individuation even harder. Yeah, well, but it
1: actually makes it even. It's a sign that easier, it's even yeah. more
2: necessary to do so.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting because, um, yeah, it's necessary. It's super hard, and also if you are also a person who has grown up in that sort of toxic cycle with a person who is codependent, and you are also a codependent tendency type mm-hmm. person in relationships like, dealing with the guilt of, like, individuating from that yeah. relationship, that person, that family member, mm-hmm. whatever it is, is, like, a whole other yeah. battle, like, with yeah. yourself, because yeah. you know, deep down, you're not supposed to be in that relationship, do whatever it is that you're doing, be in that work environment, whatever it is, right now, but it's, like, this guilt of... yeah. Because, yeah, and there's so much shame also yeah. from the other side. Like yeah. it's always going to be it's always going to be seen as selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And but it's really our job to reframe that and to see it not as
1: selfish, but actually as self-preservation. Yeah. Self-preservation. Yeah, self-preservation versus selfishness. Yeah. I feel like um as a younger person, we were told a lot that we're selfish, like our our, our culture of our of our generation is selfish mm-hmm. um you know and that we are lazy and selfish and we think that we deserve all these things and how can we how can we learn to better phrase or you know empower that yeah I'm all about empowerment yeah. It's yeah my word it's my
3: 2020 word empowerment <laughs> you go girl empower <laughs> that <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, that. <laughs> so if we're talking about empowerment and selfishness, I the, guess those two don't really go together well, traditionally, I, yeah. but I kind of think that we can think of being empowered as being selfish, but in a really good way. Yeah, I think I, being selfish, again, is not always a bad thing. Yeah. I mean,
3: I think for me personally – growing up being highly sensitive um and having some young childhood trauma happen that i had to learn coping mechanisms somehow i'm very sensitive like i i had to figure it out so in a way i've always had to be somewhat of Mm self-preserving selfish nature and i'm also like an introvert so i like to keep to myself because that feels safe. Yeah. So when you're highly sensitive, you want to be in a place where you feel safe. And then on top of it, trauma, mm-hmm. codependency, all of those things. Yeah. So as I've aged and grown up, I've had to, I have always, and now I can see you've given me a word for what that is, where I feel like I do that a lot. I grew up in the military. My dad was in the military. He was military brat. We moved a lot. Mm-hmm. So physical individuation of, like, you had a group of friends, you were best friends with people, and now you're physically being moved away, mm-hmm. and now you have to start over. So how do you start over? And so having to start over, so I had a lot of practice of having to do that, and I also, in some ways, it's, like, the double-edged sword of, like, not really ever getting that close to anyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, I think sometimes I'm too good at individuation, and that was one of the things that I kind of thought about when I was knew we were going to talk about this, is where, like, in my family, there are those families that are so, like, codependent and intertwined, and they're yeah. in each other's business. We are, like,
2: the complete opposite. So, we're talking about an enmeshed family versus an unmeshed family.
3: Yeah, and I just was wondering, like, in that model of, like, when does individuation... It's serving you. It's what we need to do to grow. But, mm-hmm. like, is still creating... Community. Community, yeah. Like, there are times when I feel like I do sometimes pull away too much. or And, like, recognizing when a relationship is what you used before about, like, not serving, depleting, like, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And being like, okay, that's a healthy one to mm-hmm. let go of versus, like this is like I shouldn't I should keep trying to mm-hmm. make this relationship
2: work yeah does that makes sense it does and I still think you know if we're putting more effort 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 in and we're not feeling that reciprocity I think that's a very clear signal that maybe we do need to individuate from from that because you know community is not just our family right community can be anything
1: And we can choose our community. Yeah, it was interesting because um, for my particular situation, sometimes it feels like I don't have support. And so I was, you know, just like scheduling a doctor's appointment. And and I was like, you know, it's so much easier for my partner to schedule these things because he can just call his, you know, family member Mm -hmm. and find out that information and or help they'll help you know book those things for him or whatever it is um and i was like it's so much harder for me i don't have that kind of support right whatever but then he was like no eileen like you you create you have that support you create you've created those Mm -hmm. support systems for yourself which is why you don't need yeah, you brought that, that in like, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I'm—I've always been very good at creating communities and bringing people together, and finding that 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 whatever is lacking in my life, finding the other thing or the support system elsewhere, which you know was always seen as selfish. Well, you know, but like, it's a, but it's a huge strength. Yeah, that again has served you. It and has had, and me. has kept you from. Staying in dynamics that don't serve you, one hundred percent. And so, it's it's very so for someone who is not as good at creating those systems of support or feels disempowered in their relationship, so much so that they're like, "Oh, there's no way I could Mm -hmm. deal with the guilt or the shaming or the Mm -hmm. calling of selfishness." Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you say to that person? Like, I would because I know it's worth it. Yeah.
2: And I think it's hard to know that it's worth it unless you do it. And, you know, you do it. But, you know, individuation is a process. A process we'll be doing our entire lives. And it's, again, not just based on our family of origin. It's based on, you know, whoever is coming into our lives. And, true. you yeah. know, making that assessment, you know, throughout mm-hmm. time. You know, how's this person making me feel? How am I being seen? How am I being heard? How am I being treated? You know, these are very important questions that we need to, again, take a self-inventory about because if they're not, you know, treating us well, we have every right, every, I hate to use the word entitled, but that is our, that's a good use of entitlement is to say, look, this is not, this is not serving me. This is not helping me be my highest self. Mm-hmm. So for the people who feel like they can't do it, you can. Mm-hmm. You know, our family is our family, and that doesn't it doesn't have to be the be all and end all of our existence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
1: um, I like the image of the dance floor, and she uses this image in the blog post that you you guys will read. Um, but this image of like creating your own dance mm-hmm. floor and like how when you're young you're born into a dance floor yeah and you don't necessarily have the ability to control who's on the dance floor or what dance you're dancing to
2: yeah usually you have zero control
1: yeah as you're as you're as you're you know raised you
2: know um we have no choice on who's there yeah what music's played you know how, how we even feel and yeah. if it's not a great dance floor often what we are doing is just surviving right yeah
1: a hundred percent
2: All that's like all we are con- concerned about because that's what we have to do however as we get older we have again the the ability to individuate and create our own dance floor that is a representation of what makes us feel good and it's again a representation of the people places and things that honor our our highest good our Mm -hmm. highest selves and it gives us the ability to say look yeah I did come from a pretty funky dance floor I hated (laughs) I hated the music I hated the food I hated who my parents invited hated it all but I survived it showed me that I was resilient But it also showed me, like, this isn't working for me. It will probably, won't ever work for me. So it gave me really good feedback that I can make a different environment for myself. I can create a different dance floor for myself. And it can be one that's filled with joy, with happiness, with whatever, you know, floats your boat. (laughs) Seriously. Which which really, you know, again, might have been completely naive in the question Mm-hmm. when you were
1: yeah. on your dance like pl- you didn't even know that you could, no.
2: you could have that yeah. dream or yeah. make that a reality. Yeah, Don Miguel uh, Ruiz from Four Agreements, he calls this the domestication, you know? We're all born with a oh. name. We're born with certain agreements mm-hmm. that we don't, at that time, have really the opportunity to question or change but we do once we get older and yeah, it happens kind of,
0: yeah
2: and it sh- and it should be celebrated mhm and i think it's
3: important to recognize cuz we are all different ages that for me that that dance floor has changed multiple times in probably each kind of like decade Mm -hmm. it's like you're kind of building a whole new dance floor and and I think sometimes what happens is people get stuck in one and so maybe they realize their familiar family family wasn't the dance floor and then they went to college and they Mm -hmm. go oh these are all the people and then these are the people Mm -hmm. this is my dance floor I'm going to be with these people for the rest of my life but then those people no longer serve what's happening next in their life 100% and then it's the same kind of like thing where they don't let go of those people and and um I I do love that metaphor. I've never used that metaphor, but for me, it was always just, like, you were the person in my life that I needed you to be at that time, mm-hmm. and maybe you'll be with me for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. but maybe you won't, but that doesn't change. At that moment in my time, you were that person, and it was yeah. amazing, and I, you know, yeah. like, send you off with love, yeah. and I thank you with gratitude for the lessons you taught me,
2: and... Yeah. But it's still your dance floor. It's still your dance floor. It's just, just it, it's just. Sometimes it's under the construction. The pieces under construction. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, and you know, you decide maybe you
3: know techno music isn't your
2: thing yeah. anymore. But you but. still, you still have that space in that in that dance floor to re, you know, evolve to yes. where you are. Yeah, yeah. But that's still an empowering place to be, knowing that even though you, what was working for you on your dance floor. You still have your dance floor. Right. It just might have to go under under yeah. some changes.
3: So I think that's why it's really important that it's going to recognize that it always is change. Like, it's always a work in progress. As you grow and yeah. change and you're, you read things or you yeah. have experiences, like, and I think it's important to find the other side of it. Like, if you're a person who someone is separating from, mm-hmm. like recognize that maybe like look at your relationship and just say well maybe I wasn't really what I thought you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. what that it's not about me it's what that person needs for themselves and their dance floor and it's Mm -hmm. okay yeah like they need to go build whatever they're building and you don't have to be on their dance floor and I don't have to be on their dance floor and I can still be sad about that but I can also be like but that's what they needed to do and I'm happy that that's what they're, you know, I think to be the other person being left behind yeah. mm-hmm. sometimes because that happens too. Yeah, it does happen. And that can hurt. And then you want to claw onto that and you're holding onto it. I mean, I've had that happen to me and, and then it just like all of a sudden I do my work. Like you were saying, awareness and whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, that was actually really toxic for me. Mm-hmm. I was so in the middle of it. They pulled themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like sad and I'm gonna miss that person to some degree and maybe someday we'll come back together, but did they pull themselves out of it or did you
2: pull yourself out of it? I don't know. Maybe I made it happen. I think it does. I and think I think, it I think you, yeah. you probably like made you, it happen yeah. because you knew it, it wasn't working for you. Yeah.
3: And some <laughs> level and then yeah. and, and, and then I'm like, Oh, thank you.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think some of the most toxic people that I've ever come across have given me the biggest lessons of my life and have really, um, facilitated my individuation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I really, know? I've grown a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to- You know, we sometimes just want to throw the baby out with the bath water with, with these toxic people, you know? I'm done. They're an en- energy being empire. I'm done. You know? uh but it's like no, we have we have an opportunity to see where we were in that mm-hmm. relationship and to grow from it, and still to to choose to move on, but to move on in ways that are going to serve us and hopefully by extension will serve them too. Yeah, yeah, and to just
3: recognize that we have a responsibility yeah. too for that. Like when you're in a relationship with somebody, it's not just them. So it's You know that kind of idea of like, well, they were such a jerk, and that was all their fault, and this is the reason we're not friends anymore, or I can't stand my mom, whatever it is, it's because of her. Yeah. And at some level, you have to also be like, I think parents are probably a different kind of situation Mm -hmm. because you're a kid and you don't really have responsibility for that relationship because that wasn't your fault. But as an adult, you can sort of see where your responsibility lies, and
2: yeah in
1: that relationship and that gives
2: you the power which would make that choice yeah and then you know having that power leads to feeling empowered
1: empowerment empowerment i i wanted to read something from the blog that you wrote (laughs) um it says advocating for a life that meets our emotional and physical needs again is at the core of individuation we aren't responsible for the dysfunction we might have been born into or the relationships we choose um or are in, but it is our responsibility to break cycles that will honor our emotional health and happiness. This to me, Hillary speaking, <laughs> is the word work that a lot of us are doing. And I wholeheartedly wish it, it was regarded as an act of courage. I just think that's so like empowering and positive, And it really is very hard to make these choices yeah. because it goes against what our society Deems as appropriate, like yeah. relationships or interactions with our family. Like a lot of times, families are very like well established, and yeah. you know this is just the way it is. Or relationships are very like, you know, corporate, like if it's work environment or whatever. And yeah, it is courageous. It is yeah. brave. Each, it each is. Each
2: culture approaches family differently,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and some some cultures are there there would be no ability to do this you know yeah you know like it is a privilege it is a privilege to be able to individuate it is so we we should yeah I love that I never thought about it that way it is a privilege yeah
1: yeah it is you know to say look
2: this this makes me feel really bad this this undermines everything that I know that is good about me Mm-hmm. So, and I appreciate that because I I feel all the feels a lot.
3: I, <laughs> hashtag,
1: I, I all well, feel, hashtag all the feels, all the feels, <laughs> all the feels, all the
2: time.
3: But sometimes, I'm I'm also very analytical, and and, and given enough time and space, I can kind of come come to a solu- like a you know. But when you're having that sort of relationship with somebody where they want to know why, what did I do? Mm-hmm like why do you feel that way what did I do and yeah. maybe you don't have like it's just like that innate intuition or yeah. gut feeling like you can't give that person reason how do you navigate still being able to disentangle without having to have that answer Because I I feel like a lot of people want that answer. Like, what did I do? What's different? What's wrong? Like, why
2: are you so different? Like, whatever that is. Yeah, why are you so suddenly unavailable? Yeah. Uh Um, Uh-huh. Well, I think it starts with, again, our awareness and saying, look, you know, I don't need to explain myself so much. Yeah. And maybe I don't have a reason. I I have have reasons. I owe you that
1: answer right now. Because what I'm saying is I have a boundary now. Yes. And,
2: and honestly, if you were to give them the truth of the answer, they probably would not like it. Anyway. They would get more activated. they get get much angrier.
3: Activated,
1: might... by the way, is Hillary's word for trigger, oh, we which you we just love. T- explain okay, that. Okay, wait. Can sidebar. This sidebar, is in all, all the things moment. This is in all the things, all the feels of, like, <laughs> activated. <laughs> and I, yeah. You're activating
2: been... me in good ways right <laughs> <laughs>
3: So can I explain why this came up? So we met with Hillary and we were talking and I used the phrase, which a lot of us who are doing these kinds of works, we use this word a lot. We kind of throw it away. Like I was triggered by when my husband said whatever, whatever, whatever. Or I was triggered when I walked in and I smelled that scent that my ex-boyfriend had. I was triggered. So we use this word triggered a lot. We're trigger happy. We are trigger happy. We like to use that word. And then Hillary said beautifully... I don't love
2: and tell us what you said. Well, I love that we are aware of when we're feeling triggered. However, I prefer and think it's a much more empowering way to express our feelings when we say I'm feeling activated. Because trigger to me, we first of all I associate a gun with it automatically. And you know, trigger shot, done. You have no choice. It's done. There's no really moving on, dealing, processing. However, when we say, I'm feeling activated, we're honoring how we feel in that moment, but also not, I guess, staying stuck in a victim mentality that I feel like the word trigger... Triggers, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. But again, I think it's really amazing that we are in the place that we can say, "I'm, I'm triggered." However, I just think if we took it a little further and said, "I feel activated," Mm -hmm. it 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 promotes a choice, yeah, a choice towards being uncomfortable but knowing. We can get out of that uncomfortable. Yeah, versus being
1: like, oh, I'm triggered. It's not my fault. You triggered me. I'm triggered, period. I'm, the victim, you know? I'm triggered, period. I'm activated. Now, Com- what are you going to yeah, do I'm about it? I'm activated, comma. This is what I'm going to do yeah, about 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. So I'm going I don't to know. sit and breathe for 10 minutes. So yeah. I'm going to yeah. walk the other way. I don't know. I just, to me, <laughs>
2: trigger triggers being shut down. Whereas yes. when I say I'm feeling activated, I'm still honoring how I feel, but it's giving me an an option to move forward. Yeah, and yes. and, and then you and then you yeah. learn to see, you know, when you're activated, what your options are towards feeling less activated.
3: It's so it's fully. Well, I just I, I it impacted me so much that. Uh, I think I shared with you. I had a conversation with a dear, dear friend of mine. We were were very um, on this level Mm -hmm. of conversation, and she used the word trigger. And it was like the moment she said it, I was activated. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I have to tell you this amazing thing that my friend told me. And she's a therapist, and I was like, let me tell you. And I told her, and Literally, we were having a 15-minute conversation. Like, her and I can have a conversation for four hours, Mm -hmm. but we only had 15 minutes. She's a busy mom, and she lives on the West Coast. It's like the time difference. And I told her, and she's like, I love that so much. And then we hung up, and then when we were able to talk again a few days later or the next week, she's like, in our conversation, she's like telling me her story. And she's like, and then I was so activated love that by the mm-hmm. way like she's just like yeah. she started using it in her language and I think it is because if you're doing this work you need I never something. knew that that yeah. word was so blocking yeah. whereas when you do say that word activated it does it has a responsibility on your end yeah. to like have to like yeah and, okay, then have, so. and then you can unactivate yourself exactly because we're
2: always going to feel activated there, As some, there's you know so it's all about Okay, I'm being aware that I'm being activated. What can I do to become less, you know, yeah. less activated and activated? Thank you. Oh, so it's glad that awesome. came up. Yes. I forgot all about right that. Awesome. Yeah. Sorry, we had to divert. But again, I still think it's great that people are being more aware of things that exactly upset them. Yeah. And it's just a different word, but I think it produces different results.
3: I 100%. Thank you. Love it.
1: You say something else. I'm trying to find can you it. Talk about Harry and a bit? Yeah, we can talk about Prince Harry and Meghan. Um, <laughs> That's uh, right you started. say, okay, yes. and I think this is really okay. important. And I pulled it out for a reason because okay. you say, we are the experts in what we need in terms of our emotional and physical health. We are the experts. Like, yeah, we yeah. are emboldened to know, and nobody else has to understand why we're making the choice to individuate yeah. in the way that we are at this season yeah. of our life. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't mean it's a forever choice it's just what we need right now and we know that based on intuition and I think there's so much that goes around especially with my generation like of like oh I don't really know like what I want to do and I and like you know there's so many choices that you make when you're in your early 20s and it's like it's and then there are choices you make that are like in your mid to late 20s that are feel more like bigger and I, I think following that intuition and learning to like listen like people are waking up to that idea that Mm -hmm. that we do know and for me it's like very deeply spiritual knowing Mm -hmm. of like I feel like I do truly believe that like we choose our paths before we're here and that's like a big spiritual idea that like the life I'm living now is the life I am meant to live and the choices I'm making are either going to align with like the life I'm living or not, but it's almost like, like we have free will and choice to do these things, but like ultimately I will get there, like to that place, to make the right choice to be in the higher place that I'm, know I am meant for, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think a lot of times we have so many distractions that pull us away from those feelings or we ignore it or suppress it or... Ugh, numb it. Drown it, numb it, like because again, we, we
2: in our dance floors prior could have been just about surviving.
1: Yeah, and but once we get a, out of yeah. that survival mode and into a place where you can be emboldened to make a choice and individuate, like Prince Harry, <laughs> like Prince Harry. You well, you really fun. just want to talk about that. Well, I love, I love them, it. you know, and I, I had like.
2: A premonition that this totally was gonna happen, like even a year ago. Because if we're talking about being treated badly, not being seen, not you know, I don't know, there's a lot to this, but I can see both of them from their former dance floors. Okay, we have Harry on one side, you know, really struggling throughout his childhood. All the pressures of being in that toxic system. And
1: not being your older brother.
2: And not being your older brother, struggling to know your worth, having a, a trauma history where you your mother was killed, you know, yeah. chased down and killed, and you were very close to her, and that goes away, and she was probably one of the, if not probably the safest figure in his life. So, there you go. He was really young when that happened
3: exactly like eight, something yeah like that like yeah and that's then pretty impre- Im- impressionable yeah
2: like, and then also knowing that to him his mother was very safe but then everybody in his family probably was sh- shaming her hating her and so there you go he he struggled a lot and so did Megan. She came from a dance floor that had a lot of chaos and dysfunction too. But I, I see her as very self made, very um, assertive in, a good, in, in the best of ways. I know that activates people when we call a woman assertive, but I think she's doing it in the best of ways. And here they are, married, they found each other, they've had a child. And they see that this dance floor that they were on was really toxic and punitive.
1: Imagine your family requires like nearly three hundred days out of the year of like full blown commitment. Yeah, like any of us would be
2: like, "What the heck?" And on top of that, knowing how toxic and mean they are,
3: and not even just the family dynamic; it's the whole in the eye in public yeah. and how cruel I mean people can be yeah. and now especially uh with our just ability to throw things on yeah. a social media post, wall, whatever. And yeah. and I saw a a side by side post of a lot of the tabloids in England where it would be, you know, Kate, Princess Kate, yeah. holding her belly and like Oh, she's so excited for when her baby comes. Mm -hmm. And then there's a picture of Megan holding her belly. And Princess, you know, know, Megan is so worried. She has so much anxiety about what's going to happen to the baby. She won't let her, you know. And, like, just the amount of scrutiny and negative scrutiny. It's one thing to be, and I think that was probably very activating for Harry. Yeah. To see another figure in his life who was supposed to be safe being attacked in that yeah. way. I think and that so, was really powerful yeah, so like they, to think about that, like how Diana was often vilified and in the tabloids and constantly that whole swirling chaos of life, and then to have that all of a sudden be revisited yeah. with his family.
2: But he chose not to play into that. Yeah. They both chose It's interesting. collectively to say, look, we need a new dance floor this is just not working this is not working this is not going to produce a life that you know is representative of who we are and what we want so it's I think they're a prime example of how individuation can be again one of the most empowering things that we can do
3: And also, really highly scrutinized and not misunderstood, and so much you know.
1: And everyone's gonna have an opinion. opinion. Yeah,
2: but you know what? They're still doing what they need to do, and they're doing it. And I think that's amazing. And I think again, this is a this is a example where we can celebrate individuation. Yeah, and not you know see her as a villain or a diva or this or that, but say, look, no, something must have really been going on. That made them really want to just leave and create something that is not, again, aligned with what I see as a very toxic, negative system. Yes. I mean, even the queen, she says she approves, but I know she doesn't. Like... Well, and she, for
3: anyone who's watched the um, television show on Netflix, The Ground,
2: yeah. you all know
3: yeah. how that all goes down. Yeah. And this has been going down for years and yeah. years and years. So there's a lot so of
2: resentment and, yeah. you know, a lot of just dynamics that aren't working. And, again, to say, the power to say, no, this isn't working, is really working for them.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, I just saw pictures of them. They look so happy. They She looks, they both look lighter. They look happier. They're... Finishing up whatever they have to do, knowing that okay, yeah, I can revisit this former dance floor, but look, I have this great new dance floor to go back to that again represents who I am, who yeah. who they are Today. as a family and as individuals, yeah. and that's involvement. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm rooting for them. I love them. I think they're. Doing, <laughs> I think they're a really good modern day take on how we can see how individuation can really serve us. Yeah, and I think to your
3: point is it can feel, you know, it's so, you know, celebrity culture and yeah. we want you know, yeah. like tear people down so yeah. easily and quickly, but sometimes things do happen in that. that shines a light on yeah. and you never know the ripple effect of that, of like yeah. somebody else seeing that and being like, oh, well, if 100%. they can walk away from being... A royal, like I can quit that job. Yeah, do you know get out of that relationship? Like whatever it is, like I don't have to feel like I have to go to Christmas dinner because every time I go, I feel like yeah, and whatever.
1: To to sort of like kind of bring it all together, I was uh, talking to a Pilates instructor who I know, and um, I mentioned how I had signed up for this entrepreneurial workshop thing and um he is presenting as part of it and um I was like I felt like I was too young to do this I'm not an entrepreneur because I don't have a business yet like but I have like a very entrepreneurial mind and I know that that is ultimately what I'm moving towards and I was like but I feel like I'm too young in my career too young for this workshop to whatever because that's what's been like fed to me by society that I don't have like the experience under my belt or whatever and he said very simply like think about all the lines like you'll skip by just doing that and I knew that because I felt that way I had to just like I knew that in every other time where I've individuated um I've had like I knew deep down I've had to do this but he was like think about all the lines you're going to skip just because you made that choice you won't have to deal with that situation or you know whatever and so I think like for anyone listening who is wanting to make a choice like think of how much how quick you will progress like in your life and the growth that you are Mm -hmm. looking for and searching for and wanting and the growth and new possibilities that you deserve in your life are already on its way you and you just you, have to plant the seed. A yeah. hundred percent, and it, it's and that's how like the universe and all this stuff really works is like you do have to kind of give it something. You've always said that, yeah. Juliet. Like yeah, and I feel like you don't have
3: to know and have the full outline of what it's gonna look like whatever but you will never know if you keep holding on so you really do that whole thing about letting go letting go letting go can feel kind of cliche but at the same time if you're holding on to that person who's holding you back
1: under obligation mm-hmm. or
3: whatever it is
2: it's a silent act of violence against yourself
1: and yes. you just
3: you have to let go of that yeah, You have and whatever to. you will only be able and guided to whatever the next thing is going to be yeah. like you can't
2: be there. I think for doing me,
3: the hardest part first. was always of like, I need to have the plan. I need to know what's going to happen. I need to know, and then I just started just being like, no, I need to get out of this situation, and take the step of that. Yeah. And then the thing that needs to happen next just manifests. It it appears, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. well that was, but you weren't ready for it until you were ready for it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you don't need to have a plan B or. No step B to do step
1: A. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%.
2: You know, planting your any seeds and, you know, water
1: it, for your garden. That's
2: I mean, that's the, the name of my practice. No, I
1: and, love it. It's also Thank you. Amazing. And, you
2: know, it's the idea that we constantly are hopefully planting, planting, planting seeds and doing the work to water them. And our hope, our ideal is that beautiful flowers come up. But there might be some weeds too, but we're capable of removing the weeds just as much as we are able to cut
1: the flowers and enjoy them too. I love it. Thanks. I feel like that was like the perfect wrap-up moment. That was <laughs> Thank like, you. So, as, the, as the editor of this podcast, I am, that was it.
0: <laughs> Get Come out and there see. and plant <laughs> those
2: seeds then because there is no right time to feel good. There's no right time to put yourself out there, and it, it it's uncomfortable, yeah. But we can afford to be uncomfortable for a little bit, knowing that yes. we're gonna get what we want and that we're gonna have a garden that is beautiful and we enjoy. 100%. So it's okay yeah. to be uncomfortable. Let's yeah. be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's not the end of the world.
1: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
3: love it. Love Thank it, you. Hillary. Thank, Thank you. you. This is amazing.
0: All the (laughs) feels. Wow, guys, we've done it. We've come to the end of another episode of All The Things Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you've enjoyed our discussion and learned about all the things. Maybe you have some answers now. Probably you don't. Nonetheless... Join us for some content on Instagram. We are at underscore all the things podcast underscore. That really just rolls right off the tip of your tongue. And thank you for joining us yet again. Enjoy the rest of your wonderful day. All right. Bye, guys.